Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration of independence in the other he's sean thompson and this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so... Where do you start, Squirrel, with all of this news? It's never just a normal Monday when you have a traitor and thief, a saboteur to our country. I've decided, Squirrel, we're going to call them insurrectionists. Should we do that or insurgents? Let's go with insurgents. Insurgents at the southern border. I remember during the Iraq war, wasn't everybody an insurgent? In the meantime, I can't help but notice there's a lot of protests for Palestine and none for Ukraine. Ukraine, it is thought that 400,000 Ukrainians are dead. 400,000. Ukraine, that gives you numbers, even though they lie, misappropriate funds, they admit to 100,000 soldiers dead. A generation. I didn't see one protest, not one traffic jam to stop the mayhem in the former Soviet Union. But there is an Hamas. And then you have to realize who's controlling the perspective, which is fascinating to watch. Fascinating. And I'll tell you what I mean. For three days, we've heard how tragic, and truly it is, that Israel killed their own hostages. And they had the father of, the, of, of a young man on tragic. And I was listening to him. And he said he blames Israel. Israel let his child be kidnapped. Let him. And then Israel killed his child. There is no excuse. You know, it's a terrible thing, friendly fire. Most of us have had people that have been maimed, killed in Vietnam, friendly fire, untold numbers. Who knows? But to think that the focus shouldn't be on the fact that he was a hostage and through two hostage negotiations, these savages, savages, kept him. See, that's whose fault it is. But it's all about perspective. And before you know it, you're arguing with socialists about who a Nazi is. See, the, the Nazis are the socialists. The Nazis are the ones who talk about the Worker Party Unite. The Nazis are the leadership of the Teamsters. Those are Nazis. Listen to the verbiage and listen to the real Nazis. But apparently this all gets lost in the hyperness of who Donald Trump's real threat is. Is it Nikki Haley? Well, if it is, I think there's something you should pay attention to rather than polls and propaganda. Pay attention to how Nikki Haley talks. Yes, uh, I've got to ask you this question after being in uh, emergency medicine for 20 years. God bless you. Um, what is your standing on the gun violence in this country? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me about health care, well, but no. I can talk about gun violence, too. No, so gun violence. So I have a mom heart. My daughter is a pediatric nurse in the children's hospital. I worry about something happening. My son is a senior on a college campus. I understand the, the concern of every parent that wakes up and wants their kids to be okay. 
if we're going to deal with this, we have to acknowledge the cancer that is mental health. We have to. Right now, one in three Americans have a mental health issue. Just how many Democrats are there? Where did you get that stat? 33% of the nation has a mental health issue? So what's the answer? You're not going to like the answer at all. But if treated, they can live a perfectly normal life. The problem is we don't have enough mental health therapists. We don't have enough mental health centers to get treatment. And if you don't get treatment, you can fall into an addiction. We don't have enough addiction centers. And if you happen to be lucky enough to get either a therapist or the treatment center or an addiction specialist, insurance doesn't cover it. How did we go from gun violence to this? See, because the problem with gun violence, and you know this from the news in Chicago, is that the government keeps letting out habitual criminals. That's the problem. The problem is you think you can cure habitual criminals with more restrictions on law-abiding Americans. That's the problem. But you're going to be pulled off into this soiree of corporatists and frauds and real fascists posing themselves as Republicans. And this is why you have to abandon the Republican Party when and if Donald Trump is completely ostracized and stabbed in the back by Republicans, because he will be. The good news is in 13 months, the traitor and thief will be gone. Whether they replace him with Newsom or Hump Day Harris or who cares, he'll be gone. He's never going to be around anymore. That's the good news. The bad news is it will be one of these corporatist frauds. Because what Nikki Haley is saying is exactly what Barack Obama would say. It's the exact same party. And when you think about who these Republicans are, who we've been electing for 30 years, nobody really sums that up better than a never-Trumper scum. I'm sorry to say it, the 700,000 people you represent, their opinions are absolutely irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. If every one of the people in my district said, we demand that you as our congressman vote against impeachment, it is absolutely irrelevant because I took an oath to the Constitution, not to them. The constituents and what they want is irrelevant. That explains all of this. That explains the bankruptcy of America. That explains Caligula for nerds we call Washington, D.C., and the party that never ends. That explains it all. But keep in mind, the only Republicans that will ever be brought to the forefront by the government, that will ever be allowed from this day forward by the government, will be Adam Kinzinger and Nikki Haley. Because Nikki Haley sounds more like Barack Obama than Barack Obama did. My mom was in the hospital. We take care of my parents. They both live with us. My mom was in the hospital. And when she was in the hospital, the nurse came to her and said, here's two Tylenol for you. And she said, I don't need it. And she said, honey, you might as well take it. You're going to pay for it anyway. And then when we got the hospital bill, no one talked to us about that hospital bill. Why? Because the insurance company negotiated with the hospital. And they didn't think we needed to be there. I'm tired of the patient being in the backseat and having others decide it for us. If we just dealt, if this, we just dealt with this is about gun violence. This is where we've gone from gun violence. Insurance companies. We cut our health care in half, in half. But if you make it transparent, not pick on one side of it, you really open up every side of it. Then we see their warts. And then we can start taking it on. 
and then we focus on the things that need to be cared for. Which How is, is she in the lead? She's in the lead. That's not what the people want. What the people want are solutions to the actual problems. What the people want are record low homeless numbers. Here's something from the Trump era that you'll never hear anymore. Homelessness in Connecticut at a record low, according to a new report. The Connecticut Coalition to End Homelessness releasing its 2018 report. It finds that homelessness in our state has decreased for a fifth consecutive year. Now let's go to today, yesterday in Chicago. The number of people experiencing homelessness in the United States has increased to its highest level ever. 653,000 people are homeless right now. That's a- the only difference is Joe Biden. The only difference is the Democrats in charge. The only difference is a Republican Congress that sounds more and more like a Democrat Congress. That's the difference. So whoever is going to win, hopefully will change the trajectory if the establishment is allowed to move forward. With Nikki Haley, then you're going to lose more and more of your rights. The government will get bigger and bigger. And she promises. We've got to take that on because you're getting them in the emergency room. And then they ask the hospital to hold them for a couple of days or they'll put them in jail for a couple of days and then put them back out. We've got to deal with this. We're seeing it now more than ever. The depression, the anxiety, the stress. And that goes back to our health care situation. That doesn't go back to your health care. It goes back to the principle of our nation and the only thing that matters to each and every citizen, their economic well-being, the angst, the anxiety, the stress, the depression is because the government is bankrupting our nation. And if that's not tackled, then we will be in this soiree exactly where corrupt government wants us to, because when they're in this position, they gain power. And in the meantime, nobody ever talks about the real issue. How exactly are we here? Because we're not enforcing our existing laws. As if the America started when Joe Biden won the office. You see, we have laws on the record. And when you see the the forever congressmen, the few, forever senators, tell you that it's only the next election that'll cure you, they have no intention of enforcing the existing laws on the book. Just ask a congresswoman who's the heiress to the Fisher fortune. What is your response when he says that the, the border is broken under President Biden? Border's been broken. It was broken under Donald Trump as well. Our immigration... Re- the border was broken under Donald Trump. That, that doesn't seem right, though, Debbie. Debbie, they... Wrong. 2020 was the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Is that true or false? It is certainly the lowest level of immigration in many, many years. And what was it... Okay. 45 years, 45 years. But Debbie Dingell and the rest of the morons, Adam Kinzinger, Nikki Haley, they don't want to discuss that. They want to just discuss how their constituents don't matter and the expansion of government is the goal. We have needed comprehensive immigration reform for decades. Let me also say you've got small business. Comprehensive immigration reform for decades is not true. In fact, Debbie, it was a Democrat that implemented a system where we didn't need comprehensive immigration reform. It was a Democrat that guaranteed we would have a buildup of border security guards and we would export illegal aliens. It was a Democrat who was the guy that you uh, you claimed to be a Democrat like. It was Bill Clinton. This is clamoring for people. We've got caregiving, which is in desperate shape. And we need to bring some of these people need to be immigrants. But we don't want illegals. We don't want other people coming. Caregivers. Caregivers. How many Americans are out of work? 
Unemployment has never been to the record level we have now. How many Americans would do the work? But not according to Debbie Dingell. This is the, the, the bigotry that believes that only these illegals will do jobs that Americans could do, but are paid not to do. This is why they want to forget what Democrats used to stand for. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking Boy, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun if the Democrats of today sounded like those Democrats? And those laws were on the book when Bill Clinton improved them. Those are the very laws that these elected dimwits want you to pretend don't exist. And the reason is they don't really give a rip what you think about anything. I'm sorry to say it. The 700,000 people you represent, their opinions are absolutely irrelevant. What? And that's the real problem. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Would you get sensitive on me over the weekend, Squirrel? In the meantime, we're right back to Trump is Hitler. And that's the justification of the never-Trumper scum and the growth of the Marxist mafia. Trump is Hitler. Sure, he's not a socialist. How is he Hitler exactly? The former president was ramping up his rhetoric on the issue with disturbing new comments. Uh, Donald Trump using a very pointed and particular phrase when talking about immigrants in New Hampshire today one that has roots going all the way back to Nazi Germany. By the way, Squirrel, if you're ever bored, do yourself a favor and look at the the Nazi Constitution, the Soviet Constitution, and then listen to the American Democrat Party and what they're asking for. You know, when they let, I think the real number is 15, 16 million people into our country, when they do that, we got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. Poisoning the blood of our country. I uh, want to bring in now NBC NBED Catherine Koreski with the Trump campaign in Reno, Nevada, where the president will appear in just a couple of hours. We'll also, also want to welcome MSNBC political analyst Matthew Dowd. Um, guys, let's get right to it. And Catherine, I want you to start things off for us, if you will. The Biden camp fiercely denouncing Trump's remarks, saying he channeled his role models as he parroted Hitler. How are other uh, GOP candidates running for president talking about the former president's language here. Yeah, so that's exactly right, Yasmin. As you mentioned, the former president was on the campaign trail in New Hampshire yesterday making these remarks uh, in front of about 4,000 people before he travels to Reno, Nevada today to speak to another uh, couple thousand. But the Biden administration, as you mentioned, is denouncing these comments, saying that these are extremely inappropriate. That's funny, Squirrel, because I remember when Joe Biden could form a sentence way back in 2004, I remember when he was at the Rotary Club, and I remember his accusations, which kind of mirrored Donald Trump and Bill Clinton. The country that is a turmoil democracy where they have the greatest disparity. And well, it's one of the wealthiest countries in the hemisphere. And because of a corrupt system that exists in Mexico, there is the 1% 
the population of top, a very small middle class, and the rest is abject poverty. Folks, I voted for a fence. I voted, like, unlike most Democrats, and some of you all like it, I voted for 700-mile fence. I voted for 700-mile fence. You'll have to excuse the recording. The news, the media, doesn't want that. That only exists on a site that has the, the guy who took it on his cell phone way back in 2004 because the media doesn't want you to know who Joe Biden really is. They want you to think it's this doddering dimwit so they can move in the Marxist fascism underneath him. Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Okay, over in the Minneapolis, Minnesota, where they're taking in all those Somalis for uh, you know quite a bit of time there and all that. Those Somalis, they've taken over that whole um, uh, city. They're going to take over the whole state. They, uh, they got that prayer, uh, that Muslim prayer ring five times a day. It goes over the public, uh, yeah, uh, I, public I system. It. I played it on the okay. show. I played the news clip. The, uh, yeah. Okay, they got that. They want. They're going to change the flag to the Somali colors in that. They want to change the name of the place. Uh, it's it's almost like take they're changing the American bloodline, the American form of patriotism, huh. isn't it? Pushing us out and taking over. Yeah, see, that's what he meant. It's like when you drive around and you see these people who fled all other countries because they were so oppressed, and yet they wave the flags of those countries and refuse to swear allegiance to this one because they didn't have to. They didn't learn about what a constitution is or the Enlightenment. And that's how you keep this division. That's how you keep these, the, the, the fact that we're balkanized, right? So you have people that wave the flags of the very countries they left. And then you have the breaking of American patriotism and the principles of Americanism. Hence, the bloodline, for lack of a better word. But he's from New York. He doesn't speak in the same way we do. In the meantime, here's a little something that I think is kind of aggravating when you think about traditions and mores. For instance, when we give you our food, why don't you keep it? A city council hearing held today examining the quality of meals being served at local shelters. So there have been reports that the food is spoiled and rotten. And as Fox 5's Lisa Evers shows us, it's leading to overwhelming demand at soup kitchens and food banks. Food insecurity is a crisis for city residents as well as migrants here in Queens. Do you know why they came to this world? Story of thousands of dollars worth of food from migrants tossed in the trash at a Manhattan hotel. That's according to a worker at the Row NYC Hotel near Times Square who says large bags of sandwiches, bagels, and other food get thrown out daily because the migrants would rather make their own food. Hotel employee Felipe Rodriguez says... So how much does that cost the people? I mean, we know that we get $2,500 when you get off the bus and you don't want the bagels. All right. Nobody told them what a bagel was. Greg Rogers Park. Hi, Sean. Sean, you know, every time you hear on the mainstream media, except for you guys and Salem News Network and Move It to Fox, they all quote from Al Jazeera and all that nonsense and Hamas news and everything. So it's all fake, fabricated news. You, you don't integrate the real story about what's going on with Israel and Gaza. Well, they don't quote from Al Jazeera when we talk about the war in Ukraine. They certainly don't want you to know about the kind of chaos that they've lifted the age to 60 years old for, for the military in Ukraine. They don't want you to know there's 100,000 Ukrainians dead. This 30-year-old man is a public servant, which means he's exempt from conscription. But he did get the call up, which made him panic. He cannot in any way imagine dying for Ukraine. Many young people no longer leave their homes. There's always a risk. You have to be really careful and look around. 
360 degrees, in case there's any danger. It's really stressful. Why don't young people want to be drafted into the army? Because they know the price of holding the front lines. It costs thousands of lives. Each of these flags represents a fallen soldier. Ukraine doesn't communicate exact figures, but estimates put the number of troops killed, injured or captured at around 100,000. Not one call for peace this weekend. Did you see one? Well, me either. Just more funding for this meat grinder, but not one call for peace. Instead, there's no money in that one. There's no, there's no phony virtue. There's no false sympathy. In the meantime, you can definitely cloud the other one. Joining me today are FBI Executive Assistant Director for Counterterrorism. Today, a U.S.-based charity that claims to do good works is charged with funding the works of evil. About two and a half years ago, President Bush announced the terrorist designation of... Oh, yeah, Squirrel, I went to the Wayback Machine to see exactly how long Hamas has been getting money from America from people pretending to give to a charity, the whole time funding terrorists. The Texas-based Holy Land Foundation for Relief and Development. This designation was based on the foundation's long-standing association with Hamas, a notorious terrorist organization that engages in violent attacks to intimidate and coerce the government of Israel and its civilian population. So when you hear about all of this truce nonsense and ceasefire recognize the fact we've been dealing with this for 20 years and by the way that organization that was funding hamas was a phony charity structured here in america 312-642-5600 i was listening to the sean thompson show i am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us i mean i am appalled he's just Disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. It's an interesting question that it's very difficult to find the answer to. The government fines Southwest Airlines for the fact that citizens and people were inconvenienced 140 million. Who gets the money? And no matter where you look, do you know what the best excuse is? This is fascinating to me. Most of the settlement will go toward compensating future passengers. What? What is that, Kamala Harris right there? No, 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 I'm asking you. Where does the $140 million go? And the answer is really quite simple. The government extorts the company on your grievance. They don't get to do that. How is this just being reported instead of interrogated, instead of questioned, instead of probed? Because there is a slush fund in Caligula for nerds. That's the part you have to focus on. If I can achieve anything, I don't know what what the future holds. I might lose this job tomorrow. I don't care. The reality is, I mean, I do care. But the reality is, I just want you to understand, you're being played. You're being lied to repeatedly. None of this has to happen. This is an American company, love them or hate them, that is being knuckled under by a corrupt government that is stealing the money. This isn't going towards future 
people. This is going into the coffers of the transportation secretary. I just want to switch gears, if I can, Secretary, to to your EV goals, to the goals for electric vehicles in the United States. Because it, it, oh, geez, here we go with the electric vehicles. That entire industry sucks. Nobody wants the fracking things. It wouldn't exist if it wasn't for government extortion once again. Seems more and more like uh, car dealerships can't sell them. We had a, a friend uh, who just tried to uh, have his his dealers was, were trying to sell him an EV truck, a Ford 150 EV, uh, for 10000 bucks because he wanted to clear the lot of it. And car makers are losing. 10000 bucks. Doesn't the thing sticker for like a hundred grand? So who pays? Once again, the government, the transportation department. So they have to get that money somewhere. So they're going to pretend to be virtuous. We're going to find Southwest. No, you're not. You're going to steal the money because you're blowing it in another corner. Easy, Kamala. Losing a lot of money. Ford is losing $36,000 per vehicle. How do you convince, one, the customers to buy them, and two, uh, the car makers to, make, to, to continue to churn them out when they're losing money on everyone they sell? Well, first of all, if you know somebody who's selling a new Ford F-150 electric for 10000 bucks, please give me their number. I'll give it to because, you. I'd uh, be happy to. <laughs> that's something I'd love Jeff to know. C- and then do me a favor, will you? When, when the guy who buys it for $10,000 trades it in or just gives it away, I'd like to know his opinion of the new electric Ford F-150 if it doesn't burn his house down. Uh, who's right here we'll tell we you we had uh, um but yeah please do um there's about a million dollars uh, in or sorry a, a million evs sale that was a new record and the share of evs has about tripled but there's going to be year-to-year fluctuations right a year ago uh, they couldn't stock them fast. but if you add up all the american companies that the american people subsidize at at least thirty six thousand dollars a vehicle all of the companies all of the other foreign companies they don't equal tesla without the incentivized extortion arm of the transportation department. Paul and Worth. Yes, after the crash, Sean, of 2007 and 8, Obama started handing out fines. I think he fined Jamie Dimon of Chase uh, for the purchases that they made. J.P. Morgan. uh, Over $20 billion, and he was handing out these fines to his friends in the community organization groups like ACORN. But I also wanted to add, Sean, this week I heard this uh, GM chief executive, Mary Barra, mm-hmm. with a beautiful quote from her, uh, befitting of idiots like Jerome Powell and <laughs> the Dutch boy. Okay. She says, we haven't executed the way we had planned. Yes. Which means that all the stuff that's being crammed down her throat by uh, Joe Biden and the federal government isn't quite what it was planned to be, huh? Paul, they're reversed on the on they reversed on so many of the plans, not just the EV. She was also going to go into the business of software where GM was going to charge you after you bought the vehicle for to turn it on basically and everything in it, and that didn't go well. So there the, since the government takeover of GM, ironically under Barack Obama, nothing has turned out. But I want to add one caveat to what you said about finding so-called Wall Street. That all went to one organization that I believe is unconstitutional called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which was, it is. Which was, which was orchestrated by Barack Obama. And the, the people he put in that bureaucracy are hardcore Marxists, and they're incentivized as that bureaucracy cannot be audited because technically 
It is not part of the government. It's part of the Federal Reserve. So we can never see all of what happens to that money that goes into that extortion wing. This is why, Paul, I refer to this as a gangster government. It is a Marxist mafia. And the people, for some reason, don't care that companies, American companies, American uh, uh, manufacturers are being extorted. They just cheer it. The idea that Southwest has to turn over $140 million and nobody wants to know where the money goes, that shows you yeah. we are living in a Soviet society. Thank you, brother, Sean, for paying attention. Can, can, yeah, Sean, can I leave you with one more question? Sure. This, I think, is one of the top ten questions of the year. You know, uh, Hunter Biden is the apple of Joe's eye. Joe loves him very much. Joe's a very rich man. How come Joe Biden didn't pay Hunter Biden's back delinquent taxes and he had to go to some producer in Hollywood attorney? Because Joe Biden. Why didn't Joe pay him? Hunter Biden is a conduit of the Biden family corruption. And what's really troubling, the most troubling thing is Lindsey Graham's answer this Sunday on the Sunday show. Did you hear it? No. Well, you're about to. Thank you for the call. This is how you know there is no such thing as as an opposition party. Lindsey Graham, Adam Kinzinger, uh, Nikki Haley, they're all part of the cancer of the gangster government. Okay, let's turn to the other big story on Capitol Hill, the impeachment, of course, uh, of impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Your colleague, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, said that he does not see any evidence, quote, that the president is guilty of anything. Do you agree? with? Wrong. They've sat with Joe Biden for decades, both the Grassley, whatever the hell's keeping him above the grass, and this warmongering sissy, Lindsey Graham, this warmongering fraud. Couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag and wants to send everybody's son to go dot. And listen to what he says. With him, is there any evidence so far? You know, I haven't really been paying that much attention to it. They have to prove, they have to prove that President Biden somehow financially benefited from the business enterprises. It's for everyone to see, you war profiteering fraud. You fraud. It's for everyone to see, and it's been there for decades. But they're not offended by it. They're titillated. He just wants a son. But something tells me Lindsey can't produce one. Of Hunter Biden, we'll see. Have they done it yet, in your mind? Uh, if there were a smoking gun, I think we'd be talking about it. But There's been seven books written on Biden's specific crime family. Seven. The FBI has had the laptop. The emails are for everyone to read. He has a set phone that is paid for by his son's LLC, and has had it since he was vice president. But Lindsey and Grassley didn't see anything. That's why you think you're going to win if you get more Republicans in? This is what it looks like when the government is corrupt. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest. In the nation and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Little blow. Couple of sodomites in the Senate. There you go. American Dark Ages under Biden. That's not the worst of it. Worst of it is, enemies foreign and domestic have bribed Joe Biden and sitting senators who know this idiot since he was first on the take of the Chinese Communist Party. They see nothing. I know nothing. And all of the good people that gave Lindsey Graham money and supported him. 
He's like Adam Kinzinger, only a little more feminine. Eugene, Chicago. Oh, hey, Sean. Hey, the post office by the house, <clears throat> it's full of new new vans. You'd think they would mandate uh, electric vehicles. You know, like the post office don't do nothing at night, so they could charge all night. Oh, the whole post office is one giant check. In the meantime, are you sure they're not electric? Uh, no, I'm sure of it. All right, just do me a favor. If they start to burst in the flames, uh, you'll know then they're electric, okay? Okay. Thank you very much, Eugene. You want to talk about an expenditure, the post office. Oh, boy, it's almost as bad as Amtrak. I, did Hunter Biden sit on the, the board of the post office? The, the, board of, the post office doesn't have a board. That's a strict government entity. In the meantime, there's a lot of skullduggery going on in this uh, so-called Caligula Washington, D.C. To attend, the United States Senate is being rocked by a sex scandal. U.S. Capitol Police. Normally the whole country gets screwed in that room. Now I was just a couple of Democrats. Police are investigating after a sex tape surfaced online. It showed two men engaged in sex acts inside room 216 of the Hare Senate office building. That's a famous hearing room where U.S. senators have grilled high prof- profile president. <laughs> and they're still grilling them, honey nominees, including Supreme Court justices. It's unclear if the tape will be considered criminal conduct, but it may... No, it's not. It's Democrats. It's not critical. It's not conduct that, that's unbecoming of a Democrat. It's just a weekend. And that's the kind of thing that happens in the, these soirees. And in the meantime, they have a lot of support. Oh, and it's not just all Democrats. Like, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden, but they're going to take people like me and give somebody an excuse to not vote for Joe Biden. Um, And that's very dangerous. So this is a serious moment. I want you to realize what you're up against. And Adam Kinzinger and Nikki Haley are indistinguishable. I think Adam Kinzinger would get his ass kicked by Nikki Haley, but that's about it. Indistinguishable. And this is what we're facing right now, because what they cannot afford is for the American people to think about the money. Where's the money go? And they don't want you to focus on just a couple of years ago when everything was good, including the border problem. In 2020, what was it, Senator, in 2020 that impacted the entire world, including the United States? Okay, so your testimony is the reason we had the lowest rate was COVID. It had nothing to do with building the wall, nothing to do with any catch and release, nothing to do with remain in Mexico. With all respect, Mr. Secretary, that answer is laughable. And in fact, if you look... At illegal immigration, let's look at CBP encounters. You can see 500,000, 500,000, it drops to the lowest level, and boom, what happens? You show up, and that red line is you. That red line is Joe Biden. And you're claiming nothing happened. Oh, gosh, this was here before us. No, you made the decision to allow this to happen. That's exactly right. And it's happening, and it's happening in the worst kind of way. It looks like. We have insurgents. I can tell you we have not yet seen any National Guard down here in Lukeville. What we have seen are more mass illegal crossings and more mass processing taking place. We'll step out and give you a look at the scene here. This is a temporary outdoor area that Border Patrol has set up here to process these illegal immigrants. You can see family units as well as single adult men who have come in from all over the world here uh, getting processed, getting ready to get put on a Border Patrol bus where many of them will be released and likely heading to a city near you. In- Ah, and if you give him a sandwich, he'll throw it out. Glenn in Oakbrook. Yeah, hey, uh, speaking of uh, Caliglia, why don't we get Dick Durbin to release the Epstein 
flight logs so we can find out how big the Caliglia gang is. They don't want you to know how many elected Democrats and probably Republicans went back and forth and back and forth to the island of vices. It's more It's more than the politicians. I'll bet you it's the judicial and the military people. I wish they'd open that island back up so they'd stop defiling the Senate. Thank you very much, Glenn. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, uh... Bear with me now. I want to tell you something. So they're bringing these people. They made Illinois a border sanctuary. Abbott runs them up here. They stay there. Everybody's running around Chicago. There is a big epidemic right now going on up in the state of Wisconsin. And always writing about it with this RSP. And uh, there's numerous people that I know that have pneumonia because of it. And they're letting all these illegals into the country with germs we've never been exposed to. Well, I, I think you're also taking into account, you're, you're giving the immigrants the problem that we should really kind of focus on. We now know there's at least three Chinese biolabs in America, in the Northwest, in Central Midwest. So we know that the Chinese Communist Party has been operating illegal biolabs. So I'm not totally convinced it's from the Sinaloa cartel, but I guess I'm open to anything. 312, oh no, we got a guest? We got a guest, I'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Forty years ago, San Francisco was really a crown jewel of America, a cosmopolitan area. But 40 years ago, California was Reagan red. It's true. Nearly 40 years ago, my next guest was born in San Francisco. He then grew up in Brookline, Massachusetts. Moving back to California in 2004 gives him a very unique perspective, which I'm guessing inspired his new book, Wokeland. It's out now. He is George Denny. George, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me on your show, Sean. Well, I love the idea of your perspective because you've seen it. There's undeniable evidence that this ideology of gangster government or American Marxism destroys the quality of life and turns once great cities into ghettos. And the whole time they do it, they tell you how great it is. And that's obviously what I'm guessing inspired you for Wokeland. Am I correct? That's absolutely right. You know, there was a time in, in American schools when we talked so much about valuing equality, and when that shifted to equity, very few people noticed. But obviously that leads us down the road of identitarian Marxism, which certainly the left and cities of the left are, are dealing with right now, and that is the backdoor to big government, which is currently, I think, the biggest thing that plagues San Francisco that has a population in eighth the size of New York, but actually a bigger budget, which I'm not sure most people realize when uh, judging the results of the city. Well, I mean, every, every form of communism proves one thing. There isn't enough money in the world to keep that fraud alive. But, you know, it's interesting when you see the bastardization of language. Everybody has 
in the beginning, equality in a country that views every citizen equally. But equity is only something you get after you produce or invest or put in. That's not something that you should get if you didn't invest, produce, or put in. But yet somehow we've been lulled into this soiree of utopia. And we throw away the fact that this nonsense, this swindle of utopia, destroys the quality of life everywhere. I'm wondering, do you think we have to go full bore and then become the Soviet Union USA style? Well, that's that's an interesting question. And looking forward, I think you're gonna you're gonna see California struggle with the sixty eight billion dollar budget deficit by uh, rejiggering some of the way that that money is spent. San Francisco simply can't be run in the future in the way that it was in the past. You of course have a migration out of California, and that's not just the middle class who who really can't afford to live here, but also um, some of the larger taxpayers. So. In the future of California, I would expect something different, but I hope that uh, things like Wokeland and the discussion in general will lead to a a bigger shift and a a fight for moderation and hopefully a return to some of the roots of California that made it such a great state. You know, for the last 20, 25 years, we have gone down virtually every road of the woke left, which really has this single explanation for group differences. So if two groups are different it must be oppression and that is really the the entry point for all of these ideas uh of equity and in, you know identitarian marxism that we're now dealing with right now i think the part to be aware of as far as i'm concerned is i was in california in the late 80s and i toyed with the idea of staying there but in the late 80s it was a different world reagan was something that people were proud of and california was hardcore um American agenda principled state. They had a big base. They were proud of Ronald Reagan. They were proud of their industries. They were proud of freedom. It only took 20 years for that to be completely destroyed and it to become a form of Beijing. So I'm wondering, uh, I, I still believe there are good people who want those American principles back, but like Chicago, like New York, like Massachusetts, they've been nullified. How do you get a resurgence of people that want equality and not this swindle of a utopian equity that never really exists. Well, I think that that's going to come from all the different uh, communities in California that really understand the grift. So if you're in the Asian community, you're very aware now of the academic standards which are being used against you. If you're in the black community, you're probably very aware of all the lies about defund police and are living in a uh, increased uh, in crime environments such as Oakland, and that is leading to a rise of uh, particularly black male conservatives and, and Republican voters. If you're in the Mexican community, you're, you're, uh, you're ascendant in California economically, and you're probably looking at the future of equity and thinking, uh, this is not what we're, what we're working so hard here for. And uh, all the other communities of California, I think, are understanding that our, our simple math doesn't work. So if you're a state like ours that has all these natural benefits like weather and, you know, tons of coastline and economic opportunities, it's easy to overplay your hand. And I think that's what's happened for so long is that California got fat and happy and will not really know how to live in the future in the way that it has spent in the past. So I know that our, our natural uh, or national budget deficit is an issue, but 
California is a kind of bellwether for the rest of the country. And the way that we run our state is going to have to be completely reexamined from the ground up because people are leaving and we are uh, inviting more and more economic dependents to replace them. And that's simply not going to work. I'm interested in the book because I realized uh, when I was young, some of the greatest truths in history and in life can be told in a fiction. Atlas Shrugged comes to mind. Some of the most profound truths are told in a book of fiction. I'm assuming Wokeland is fiction, correct? It is fiction. So is that how you tell the story of truths through using the example of a, of a beautiful story? Tell me a little bit about the book. Yeah, so I, I wanted to strip away all of the American constitutional protections that are really stopping uh, wokeness from going full bore. And I did that by separating California as its own nation state in a future. The book is set in 2066. And it's sort of a cross between Orwell's 1984 with the comedy movie Idiocracy, in <laughs> which we're clearly in a uh, authoritarian society, but we're one we're in an authoritarian society run by absolute idiots with uh, with all of the uh, present manipulations. So if you can imagine a, a catch twenty two like satire on government and identity politics, that's what we're looking at. Uh, the future world of America has basically put all of its most extreme leftists in California so as to save the rest of the country. But we don't really find out what happened to the rest of the country until the end of the novel. So in other words, you wrote about uh, Chicago, Illinois, circa 2023, because that's exactly what my, my listeners are living through. It is a joke to a certain extent. And the only thing that keeps you Californians from not being as funny as, say, Chicago or New York is that you actually have politicians who look like movie stars. Other than that, I don't see much of a difference. Did you reflect on some of the news that's, that's given on a daily basis in Chicago and New York to inspire you as well? Well, I mean, it seems that you guys are developing some of our crimi criminal non-justice policies. So you will find in these places uh, people ask the most basic of questions like, how do we stop someone from stealing? And what they mean is, how do we stop someone from stealing without actually defending the law? And this in San Francisco was Cheza Boudin, uh, who's got to be the worst DA in the history of America. Mm. And he, uh, you know, had this, this policy of looking the other way on all misdemeanors. We have Prop 47, which really makes it almost legal to steal $950 worth of merchandise or less. But, uh, you know, in Chicago, the idea that you're going to come up with a community food bank to overcome all of the uh, stores that are closing, that yeah. seems like a, a new socialist idea that, that we don't have in San Francisco. George, I'm going to tell you, I'm a, I'm a fan of history. There's a reason that some of the most destructive politicians come out of Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, in, in my opinion and through my research, has proven itself to be the communist capital of America since about the... The, the 1910s, from what I can ascertain. And if you really look hardcore from 1920 to now, I think you're hard-pressed to find more gangster government posing this whole utopian statist idea. But one thing that stands apart in California, although Chicago has a massive cartel problem, California has really been overtaken by cartels. I, I was there recently, and we were uh, in wine country, and I was looking through some of the news. It's fascinating the amount of cartel drug 
outposts that exist today in California, the small towns that they've taken over, they've intimidated, extorted police, the amount of police that are involved in cartels. I don't think the rest of the nation realizes just how thoroughly the cartels have infiltrated some of the, the California, um, the, the Central Valley and whatnot. Do you think people understand it? Well, I think a lot of people who are aware of the drug war uh, know that San Francisco is considered by many to be the capital of the fentanyl trade. And this comes up through Mexico, often with chemicals sold by China, and is uh, put into any number of other drugs with a uh, skyrocketing uh, overdose rate. Uh, San Francisco is pretty pretty popular for its drug tourism, and that sort of uh, reveals the lie of San Francisco's homegrown homelessness problem. But so far as the cartels are concerned, it's, it's really unclear who is in charge of punishing the laws, enforcing the laws, and to what degree do they actually want to do that. So technically there's um, no open border into California, but once you come into California, uh, there are all kinds of government benefits for undocumented citizens. Uh, and that is another uh, line item, I think, in the California budget that they're going to really have to reconsider whether or not um, free health care, for example, for uh, non-Americans is something that California wants to pay for with a dwindling budget. You know, I, I, I've done a lot of research on how we can get out of it on how we can get out of the predicament America is in, as it is not just hamstringing its own productivity, but it is penalizing its own productivity in the name of the virtuous perpetrator, the virtuous sloth. This is the part that I think will be an Achilles that we can't overcome. And I'm curious to know in your research, in your book, how do you get a happy ending when we both live in, or we're both from states that have the virtuous perpetrator rather than the righteous victim? How do you beat an ideology of a society that views the perpetrator as the victim uh, rather than the victim as the virtuous one? Well, I, I mean, those, those ideas, I completely agree with. They're, they're toxic enough to bring down the places where they exist and where they flourish and where they're dominant. But one element of America that gives me op optimism is our representative government. So various communities are going to, you know, they are empowered to make terrible political decisions. And I think that uh, there's a role in there for commentators and certainly writers and artists to hopefully show the terrible decisions that are being made around us to, to give a better future. I mean, the, I absolutely agree with you. The, the, the war on merit is directly tied to equity because there is no equitable distribution of things like hard work and intelligence and talent. Uh, so, so merit must therefore also be uh, oppressive. But, you know, when you look, I mean, my, my hope is that San Francisco in 2020 with Chesa Boudin was it was so awful that a lot of lifetime Democrats uh, began to question the progressives around it. And when you when you zoom back and you remember there are, you know, as, as many Republican voters in California as there are in any other state and how quickly these pendulums, these these pendulums can shift when uh, the problems are as obvious as they are. So, yeah. you know, we've been told to ignore our lying eyes for so long. 
you can only hope that with enough awareness, uh, hopefully uh, a million people like you and I, we can uh, turn this around in time by I using so. places like San Francisco and Chicago. Well, there are two time. ironies with Newsom that I truly, I truly love, and that is that it's Getty's money. That is the reason you even know his name. I find that to be fascinating and his relationship with the Getty family. I love. And I also love the fact that his father-in-law is my neighbor in Naples, Florida. That, to me, is priceless. The book is Wakeland. Mm -hmm. It's out now. Where, Wokeland, excuse me. Where can uh, the, my listeners go and purchase Wokeland? Where do you prefer they get it? Uh, they can get it on Amazon or Barnes or, or any any major retailers. We've got the auto audio book coming in a month. I just want to remind them it's Wokeland, L-Y-N-D, that misspelling just to represent our American education system right now. Oh, I absolutely love it. Believe me, I, I completely get it. He is George P. Denny. I love the fact that you did this, and I, I, I mean this in the most flattering way. I don't mean a condescending. I love the fact that you're under 40. That is what gives me hope. Because people like you who are under 40, who understand the situation and are working tirelessly to change it, that's the American optimism we need. That and the fact uh, Florida can secede, and I want to build the wall from Florida and Georgia. But I appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. A lot of scandal in the religious arena over the weekend. Scandal. I have a friend of mine, Squirrel. I ever tell you about one of my dearest friends was married at Holy Name Cathedral? Do you ever see it? It's a magnificent place. Um, and the, the marriage didn't go well. You know, he, he married her, he met her during a lap dance. The marriage didn't go well. And he went to the church and said, you know, I, I'm going to go through a divorce and I need an annulment. And they asked him, well, how much do you make? That was my impression of Holy Name. And here's another update. As I mentioned in the Prayer of the Faithful, today we celebrate the 87th birthday of Pope Francis. And as a way of expressing our support for him and as a gift, uh, we're going to be announcing that we have been able to contract for our energy in the coming year to use only renewable sources of energy. It is a way of making sure that we contribute uh, in, our, uh, in our own small way to uh, fighting climate change and global warming. Uh, the Holy Father has <laughs> called for this in his encyclical Laudato Si. And we're so then we can now understand that even God isn't going to argue with uh, the fraud science of global warming, which is about right. Rich in Indiana Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing? How was the weekend? Oh, phenomenal. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. I'm not wearing Great. pants again. Thank you. Now, you have the Pope saying that uh, the priest can give uh, blessings to same-sex couples. Now, what does that mean, they're blessing the same-sex couple? I'm going to bless you, and you can go on and continue to live in sin, according, according to what the church feels? What, what does that mean, a blessing? It's a, it's a weak a spot for me. You know, here's, here's how my ideology is in this whole thing about marriage, to tell you the truth. And I felt this way for years. The problem is I, I didn't practice it the way I should have. I don't like right, the idea. Too. I don't like the idea that as citizens, we invite government into our love. And I'm dead serious about this. The idea that married people get a license, you get special benefits, and the rest of it—you're inviting the government 
into your love. And then when it breaks apart, who makes a bunch of money? And then if you have kids, do you know, Rich, one of the main scandals in Democrat ghettos like Illinois, New York, New Jersey, is the family court system? Do you know that fathers, instead of giving their, their lover, their ex-lover, known as their wife, money to take care right. of the kids, that they pay the court? And do you know there's a big scandal in the fact, like all Democrat ghetto areas, the court system doesn't distribute the money that the father gives in often cases? Did you know this? So no, this, this, this idea that we are trained now, now religion is different, right? Whatever you want to do to your God, as long as you're not killing other people, I don't really have a problem with it. I'm dead serious about this. Right, right. But the idea that we, we now, you want to talk about slaves. Now the government licensed the marriage and the government and the lawyer and the court says, okay, you don't love each other anymore. I'm, I, I, I can't stand any of that. So when it comes to homosexuals, I have some that I love. I have no bias. I don't. But the idea that we're going to mix religion and not religion, it reminds me of the Democrats. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act. We've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, that's not a cardinal. That's the dimwood and diapers before the dementia started kicking his ass, and he could form sentences. Right, that's right, Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to think that the Pope, I don't, I, this Pope to me is a hardcore Marxist. And first well, of all, I, political, I, I, well, I never really, and I say this raised as a Catholic, I never bought the whole shtick, infallible my ass, ever. I never bought it. So the whole thing, I really don't care right. what this guy says about anything. Pope Francis has formally approved priests to bless same-sex couples. A radical really change for the Catholic. You know what else it could be, Rich? could be a big scandal that's going on that maybe they don't want you to talk about that the vatican bank one of the contendents to be a pope was arrested for embezzling 380 million and running a real estate scam as if the catholic church didn't run their own that would make the ukrainians jealous that might be right. another reason of this diversion i don't really give a rip and uh, all i look forward to is the smoke out of the chimney the next time around thank you very much rich you have to be a catholic to get that robert in bloomingdale Hey, Sean. You know, here's my take. You know, you got Pope Francis, Cardinal Supers, and um, Pope Francis going arm in arm on the on this uh, energy stuff. Meanwhile, the state of Illinois is one of the worst states for abortions. Cardinal Supers should be putting his attention to the abortion issue. Are you sure? Because Holy Name is green now. I think that's what's really important. Sure, you can kill the kids, but Holy Name uses a windmill. I love the, abor- the abortion issue is important, though. You know what else is important? The fact that that is the most successful Chicago archdiocese is arguably one of the most successful REITs, real estate investment trusts, on the planet, and they still don't pay taxes. Thank you very much. Oh, there I go again, squirrel. That's stupid thinking. Looking for ways as well, other ways in which we can partner with others to bring about a safer environment. Well, you could pay your taxes. Oh, yeah. You could pay your real estate taxes. 
Then you could have your safe environment. You could have all of the, 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 the social engineering you want to participate to. And now this time, you could actually finance it instead of just yapping around with no pants on. See, we both have no pants on, Squirrel. See how that works? In the meantime, another thing the Catholic Church has had their hands in for really decades, decades and decades and decades, and that's uh, migrants. Families seeking asylum are looking for clarity and stability as the city cracks down on bus companies transporting new arrivals. I never understood, Squirrel, why don't I just drop them off at Holy Name? After all, it's green now. Drop them off. He's live with the latest on the ongoing crisis and the response. Judy? A top aide to Mayor Brandon Johnson says the city has lost all communication with the southern border following passage of a new ordinance aimed at penalizing rogue buses that drop off migrants. Johnson's deputy chief of staff says buses are no longer dropping off at the designated landing zone. And And much like the economy squirrel just three and a half years ago, it was all better. And the biggest complaint by the Democrats then, I found a story from when Donald Trump was president before he won the 2020 election was robbed. I found it very interesting because it's California. I want to know what you think. During his administration, former President Donald Trump raised the height of the border wall to discourage people from trying to climb over. And now that's having an unforeseen effect. Good evening and thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Steve Pryor. And I'm Kirsten Holmes. The border walls were raised to a height of 30 feet in some areas. You can see them behind me, and that's led to a huge spike in severe injuries from falls. CBSA's Tim Blodgett has this. Now, nobody asks in this report, well, what are you doing climbing the wall? And did you know, Squirrel, that when the illegal alien climbs the wall and falls, you know who picks up that tab? Me and you. Story for you. The latest iteration of the U.S.-Mexico border wall was designed to be higher and to prevent people from scaling it. But illegal border crossers are still finding a way over and falling from a much higher height. And this was the one that was hardest to climb. We've all seen the pictures of young people climbing. This wall can't be climbed. When then-President Donald Trump vowed to secure the southern border with hundreds of miles of new wall, there were several prototypes to choose from. Eventually, this design was picked. 18 or 30 foot high sections made of concrete and rebar steel bollards. But the wall that former President Trump said would be unclimbable still seems to have flaws. Social media footage shows young men. Well, see, I find that to be even misleading. Well, if it, if, it, if, if it was unclimbable, you wouldn't have any injuries. So you're always going to have a couple of daredevils, but yet a lot of people fall, which was the goal of making it higher. So after this report, Squirrel, I think we should go another 20 feet up with makeshift ladders climbing to the top of the wall, then sliding down the bollards on the other side. But not every brazen border crosser gets away so cleanly, and it can sometimes end with tragedy. We had just in the last month alone a 20-some-year-old who died. Now, incidentally, uh, that patient was COVID positive. It didn't die from COVID. It, it was the head injury. Did he show up on the rolls, and did the hospital get the 6500 for marking him down as COVID death? That's what I'd like to know. Follow-up question, reporters of the Democrat Mafia will never ask. Dr. Ghazala Sharif is the chief medical officer of acute care at Scripps Health. She says she's seen an alarming amount of new cases from falling injuries at the border wall. In 2019, we had, you know, maybe five border falls a month. It was really just a, a lower number. Uh, so in 2020, we had 41 border injuries, 41. This last year alone in 2021, we went up to 139. So Biden is causing the fall. Actually, they blame Trump. 
study released by UC San Diego Health on Friday broke down the exact numbers, showing 67 trauma-related incidents due to falls at the border wall from 2016 to 2017. That number climbed to 375 between 2019 and 2021. And these are not just one broken bone. These are multiple fractures, head injuries, spinal cord injuries. So there's an immense toll that it takes on our surgeons and the patients. People cry. Why are our surgeons doing it? Why are our surgeons always doing it? Why isn't the Mexican surgeons doing it? Does Mexico have any surgeons? Crossing the border illegally are desperate enough to risk life and limb to get into the United States. Consequences from the accidents not only affect the migrant, but put excess strain on the United States health care system. And so then we keep bumping people you know, down, down the chain, and these other patients get sicker as they're waiting. We, we just have to think. They're not other patients. Those are Americans. So Americans are getting sicker as illegal aliens are taking up hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical issues. And by the way, you don't think this is a problem that the hospital gets reimbursed by the government for? And you'd be wrong. And that's where the scam is. That's It's always about the money. It's always about the profiteering. Who's going to question the bills? The illegal who can't read English? I don't think so. It's a great scam if you're in on it. And every government is. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I wonder, what will be the atrocity? $2,500 gift card, free rent, free health care. What will be the atrocity to get the Democrats of 2023 to sound like the Democrats of the 90s? I know I play a lot, but I love it. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down... Whoever runs like that, Squirrel, is going to win once they remove successfully the guy who won in 2020. But if you take a look at uh, Hutchinson, this guy's still in the race. He's been at zero. Hutchinson has been at zero for six months and he's still out campaigning. Ada, I call him Ada. It's Asa. I have to say it's Asa because otherwise they'll say, oh, he didn't know his name. He didn't know. No, I call him Ada. We love you. It's a more appropriate name. But no, this guy's out. This guy's out campaigning. He's been at zero. One poll had him zero with an arrow pointing less. That means he's at less than zero for months he's been campaigning. Does he have. But they all stay in the race, including Chris Christie. Nikki Haley had about, what, 40 corporatists in the room? Donald Trump had standing room, hundreds and hundreds more outside the room. And in the meantime, how many did Chris Christie have, Squirrel? Bounce, they got to get that bounce going. But these are people that can't be trusted on taxes, on trade, or on anything else, frankly. 
They will betray you just like they betrayed me. Does that make sense to you? You know what I mean, right? Does everybody know what I mean? You get betrayed. And when you get betrayed, you don't put up with it. New, and remember this. Look, New Hampshire does not want politicians who support higher gas taxes, a 23% national sales tax like the Sanctimonious did. That's all you want. Let's give you a little sales tax of 23%. You don't want politicians who want to gut Social Security and Medicare like both of them. I do. I want to gut them. Or our great senior. I don't even talk about the others. You know, you still have this guy. You still have this guy. Don't think of it in the race. I looked the other day. You have. Well, we like Ramishwamy. You know why? Because he likes Trump. I like him. Tend, I mean, this is this is probably a personality defect, but I tend to like people that like me. What would you do, Squirrel, if it was Trump or Ramaswamy? What happened? Oh, I, I ignored the guy on the line. He hung up. Nothing better to do. And who? Oppo- oh, he says, "What about Chris? Please, sir, do not call him a fat pig. We cannot call." He says, "What about Christie? He's a fat pig." You can't. I think Christie, after he's done getting thrown out of the office, he's definitely going to be a spokesman for Southwest World. Not even a question. You can't call. No, look. Please do not call Chris Christie a fat pig. Okay? It's not appropriate. Because you're not allowed to use the word fat. Use the word pig, but you can't use the word. No, we don't want to call him that. I don't want to. And the best part is. If you think we're going to win by supporting Illinois Republicans, by supporting Lindsey Graham or Grassley or all of the others that want to keep the scam going, you're absolutely wrong if we keep electing the Republicans who pretend to be fighting on your side the whole time protecting the government supremacists. I'm sorry to say it. The 700,000 people you represent, their opinions are absolutely irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. If every one of the people in my district said, we demand that you as our congressman vote against impeachment, it is absolutely irrelevant because I took an oath to the Constitution. Not That's an Illinois Tea Party Republican. Never Trump or scum and worse than a Democrat. He pretended to represent you. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is a guest that has been joining me since I started... The reason he has been joining me since I started is because he works on the economics of our nation, which is the way to get our country back. And he's working tirelessly to explain to morons who vote away their freedoms, who vote away their opportunities, exactly what they're doing. And he wants to discuss how Bidenomics can be defined, what every voter should know. He is in the belly of the beast. He has been in the Senate room that has been defiled. He is E.J. Antonio of the Heritage. <laughs> Are you ever going to be able to go back in that room? Holy cannoli. When I heard about that video, I literally, the first thing I thought to myself was, I hope they Clorox that table. Man, oh man. Did they ever find out who the drill sergeant was behind them? <laughs> no, you don't, don't even answer. No, yeah, huh? 
I'd love to know. I, I, I think it's a Republican to show true bipartisan compromise. In the meantime, when it comes to Bidenomics, I think I found a way to discuss this with every Democrat who isn't in on the scheme. Are you ready for this? It's a staggering statistic. Municipal employees in this country, there are 19,388,532 of them. Did you know that? I did that's not know it was that bad. I mean, that's how many municipal workers in this country. Here, Furthermore, in the once great city of Chicago, financial hub, insurance company, banking, you name it, it was a boom town of people making money. The average income in Chicago is $56,376. Yet, the average municipal worker, all 19388532 The average salary is $73,987, which means the slaves make less than the government assets who have a, a miraculous amount of them that keep voting for government supremacy. Do you think maybe there we could show the CPS student, even though he has a hard time with numbers and reading, Look at what's happening here. You've been turned into the slave. This is serfdom. We've reached it. I, I think so. I think it's definitely a good strategy. And then I would throw on that as well. The you know, We just got the other day from Bureau of Labor Statistics the data not just on wages between private and public employees, but also the benefits packages. And the benefits, the, the ratio there is even worse. For example, on retirement accounts, Public employees, it costs the government 400% more than it costs a private employer in terms of providing those exact same retirement benefits. Because, I, I mean, yeah. because one's, one's a guaranteed a, a return. But one's a guaranteed return. The fact that, you know, this has bothered me since I was a kid. The fact that we even call it a pension is a problem. It's a scheme. It's a payoff. Look, you support the mafia the vast majority of you, and we're going to kick back X amount. And then you could break down the municipal wise guy schemes where you drop a, a sack of Joey off to the mayor's office or the village manager and they give you a promotion and then you retire. But the reality is I don't blame the individual players because that's a hell of a deal. I mean, you and me, we're subjected to the economy. I mean, I'm always worried about money no matter how much you make because I don't have a guaranteed kickback deal. And I think if people understood that, there would be a buyout. Because, you know, that's how it works in private companies. You get a buyout. And in some cases in private companies, you get nothing when the companies go bankrupt. And the reality is these governments are bankrupt. What do you think? Uh, bankrupt? I, I would say that's the understatement of the evening. I mean, we, we are so underwater at this point, it feels like Ted Kennedy drove us home. The, the idea that we only have... You know, the idea that we only have like $33, $34 trillion in debt. By the way, we just hit a, a new record on the debt today. We are oh. barely under $33.9 so we'll probably no, be we're at above it, babe. $34 trillion before the end of the year. You but must have looked at those numbers over the weekend. It's $33,927. This is what I do, and I, I've done it ever since the Republicans just started the fast track this morning. It's, it's a $6 billion clip between every 12 and 18 hours. $6 billion, just $6 billion, $6 billion, $6 billion. And I think back to the 60s. That's the number that started the Barry, uh, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Water. Something Barry, uh, I, I can't, my mind went blank. Before Reagan. Goldwater. Goldwater. 
Damn it, there it is. Barry Goldwater revolution was because he said, look, we're $6 billion in debt, and it has to come to an end. And back then, that was unfunded liabilities. It wasn't even the actual debt. Exactly, exactly. Yes, right, right. So not, not only do we have, you know, about $34 trillion in debt, but we have tens of trillions more, by some estimates, almost $100 trillion more in all of these unfunded liabilities. So you might as well throw that onto the debt because eventually it will get added on. It's just not there today for accounting purposes. So I was watching, uh, I was watching Trump over the weekend, and he said it, and then he got away from it. Vote for me if you want me to make everything better. The reality is, I think that's the only message that should be sold. If you want me to rip out every failed policy that the Biden and Obama administration has strapped you with, vote for me. Because it's only going to take somebody from the outside to understand that. When you look at these political whores who navigate their way through the system and become very rich in it, they're part of the problem. They don't want to fix it, right? Exactly right. When when they've been when they've enriched themselves on it, what why on earth would they want the scheme to stop? I mean, you're basically trying to get someone to reduce their own income. I I certainly don't want to be responsible for uh, for trying to convince anyone to do that. That's a losing battle. It was uh it was this weekend that I was really demoralized when it came to Lindsey Graham, who always demoralizes me. He's just a moron and always has been. But he's like the, the go-to uh, uh, kind of Trumpian, uh, half-assed Tea Party neocon, right? But when he was asked specifically about the evidence of Joe Biden's corruption, did you hear what he had to say? I, I did not. I've, I've made a habit of ignoring Lindsey Graham whenever I can, but please enlighten me. Okay, let's turn to the other big story on Capitol Hill, the impeachment, of course, uh, of impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Your colleague, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, said that he does not see any evidence, quote, that the president is guilty of anything. Do you agree with him? Is there any evidence so far? You know, I haven't really been paying that much attention to it. They have to to prove that President Biden somehow financially benefited from the business enterprises of Hunter Biden. We'll see. Have they done it yet? in your mind if there were a smoking gun i think we'd be talking about it but okay let's now here's the thing ej there's been seven books written on biden's self-enriching policies seven books from peter schweitzer and others the fbi has had the laptop we now know through congressional hearings that hunter biden is the manager of 20 llc's we know about the sat phone so the point my, my, my broader point is The Republican field doesn't want this legalized bribery scheme to ever end. So we're really never going to get rid of this situation if we keep pretending there is an opposition to government corruption, are we? Well, Sean, I I think that's right. And I think it just goes to show you that the, the entire establishment class, including the establishment Republicans, you know, they're much more establishment than they are Republican. They look out for themselves it's about a class structure. It's not about political parties for them. And, you know, it's just another example with, with people like Lindsey Graham, where, where they have these talking points like, oh, I think if there was evidence, we would have seen it by now. Have have you not paid attention to you anything have, yeah. for the last you, two and a half years, sir? You have to turn your face to not see the evidence. And the scandals, I think, are enough to, to bring a, a, a society with any true character or virtue to its knees so if if we're going to pretend this is another election year 
then we're going to pretend that there's a policy out there that can change the trajectory that has not been changed. In fact, it's been accelerated in 20 years. Two-thirds of this problem we call a debt have been added, and they're going to do it again, aren't they? They're going to come up with another stimulus, aren't they? I, I, I am willing to, to bet they will. And I, I will actually tell you, going back to Lindsey Graham, I had dinner with him earlier in the year, and I point blank asked him, this was back when we, we still had the debt ceiling fight, and I said, Senator, are you willing to shut down the government if you can't get a deal that actually reduces spending, reduces the deficit? He said, absolutely, without a doubt, we are willing to do that. And literally two days later, he voted. He voted. Yeah, so, I mean, there's no point talking. Exactly to him. the opposite. There's no point talking. To him. I mean, this is to the point you have to come to a realization, which is why, you know, I keep circling back to this, right? Because as men, our idea is to solve the problem. And what the, what the government has learned to do is to pretend there was no right and wrong prior to today, that yesterday never existed. The rules of government restraint never were in place. In fact, this is a new phenomenon that really happened after George W. Bush and the attacks where we just said, okay, emergency powers go crazy. So do you think that the American people that are victimized by municipalities where the municipal worker makes a third more than they make on average, that the government spending has no repercussions except more funding. I have to believe when I watch Chicago News, and you see these people who've been Democrats their whole life say, okay, this is it, I've had enough of it. I have to believe there is the silver lining, that this particular failure is so big, the American Dark Ages under Biden, that hopefully we can avoid the century of humiliation that destroyed China. Sean, I, I hope so. I think you're right. I, I think we're basically going through with the current generation, exactly what we had to go through in, in much of the 1970s, where we needed to relearn the lesson that we had, uh, that we had already known before, uh, which is that when the government just spends us into oblivion, that's not how you reach prosperity. You get exactly the opposite. And, and unfortunately, it's like we have too short of a, of a memory, I suppose, and we just have to relearn that lesson. But it, it's a very painful lesson. You know, the tuition at the School of Life is very steep. Well, I think it's also a, a reason why the government cannot afford to have uh, the tax policies of Donald Trump stay in place. I really believe this, that when you're talking about a debt to GDP, which you, you, you lie to yourself and say it's 122% now, but in 2000 it was only 55%. So it's more than doubled in 23, more than doubled. They have to ultimately pay for this. So you can't afford to have a guy come in and do what Trump did in his three years prior to COVID. You can't afford to have a Reagan come in and restructure it and take the power away from from the Federal Reserve. After all, we're we're so used to a company, or a, it really is a company, a company in control of our currency that we've given it another division that can fine our banks and our financial institutions, and we can't audit them, called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, Right. I mean, at this point, the Americans are stupefied. They'd rather watch sports. I guess it's not even the fracking playoffs in the NFL, is it? Oh, my gosh. Sean, the, the parallels between right now and the fall of Rome are absolutely staggering, where the government, to distract people from, from all of the financial trouble that the empire was in, right? They, they gave them bread. They gave them uh, uh, arenas to, you know, to watch sporting events. I mean, it's basically what they've done with, with the welfare state and with, with the different sports that we have access to today. And, and like you said, so many people are numb 
to, to how we are financially just circling the drain right now. What do you think the number is for um, illegal aliens, the number of money, the number of benefits, the amount of welfare, as Chicago now gives 275 apartments a week to illegal aliens while the people in Chicago struggle to pay their own rent and pay their own energy costs? What do you think uh, the number is before the, uh, the cry of the citizens being harmed by the policies of favoritism of certain uh, aspects of our of our society, even if they're illegal, what do you think that number is before the American people say enough is enough? Because I mean, we got 13 more months. Can we wait 13 more months if every month is as bad as it has been under the Biden administration? Oh my gosh, how bad does it have to get? I, I think a lot worse than than it is already. I'm shocked at how many people, until it affects them personally, they simply do not care. I, I thought for sure in New York when when they literally started kicking veterans out of their homes in order to give those homes to illegal aliens, I thought for sure that that was going to be the breaking point for a lot of New Yorkers. And it wasn't. It's not until you know people are unable to, to find a hotel room when they want to stay in the city. It's not until uh, people's next-door neighbor is an illegal alien that, that trashes the building. It's not until those things happen and people are affected personally that they seem to care. The beginning of 2020, so many of our cities, states, had record low homeless. And just three years later, we are now at unprecedented record highs. 700,000 American families are homeless, let alone individuals that we don't account for. Do you think Washington is aware of this problem? Oh, I think so, because when you walk around Washington, you see them all over the place. Uh, you know, it, it is it is actually getting difficult to navigate Union Station there uh, because there are so many homeless people, not not even just outside the building, but now inside, too. And so I, I think the politicians are, are definitely aware of the problem. But but once again, it's a matter of do they actually care? They have treated it not as a a problem to be solved, but as another way to milk the taxpayers for additional money. They come up with more programs that take more money from taxpayers and they don't actually solve the problem, but it does allow the politicians to take a little bit off the top along the way. How long before you see a Democrat run and tell American citizens to denounce their citizenship, claim to be an illegal alien if they want to live in a house? <laughs> you know what? That, that might be a good way to go right now. I think that's the barometer that we use when it's finally over. When American citizens realize, I denounce my citizenship, treat me as I just came into the country, uh, no hablo ingles, and give me an apartment. I think that could be the answer, E.J. Antoni. And when Heritage yeah. Foundation and writes I want it... my weekly check, too. No, you don't. You're so full of it. You, you could never take money for nothing. I know you. <laughs> In the meantime, he is E.J. Antoni. I highly recommend you read. He kicks out articles every single day at the Heritage Foundation. And I want to thank the Heritage Foundation. You know how much I appreciate you. I can't wait to uh, get to know everybody at the Heritage Foundation in the concentration camps after they steal the next election. Thank you very much for joining me. Hey, make gulags great again. <laughs> I love it. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. Biden, did you know that your policies were 
would drive us underwater. Biden, did you know? He knew. This paid the weak in our nation and strengthened the enemies. Ideological subversion is, is the slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, active мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending. Hey, holy name just went green. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean, how are you? Splendid. How are you? Good. Um, you know, I I was listening to him, Mr. Antoni, and, you know, when he said we, it's the he's talking about the politicians, correct, or the whole country? The whole country. The politicians have nothing to do with what okay. we're living. Politicians are the ones that destroyed the premise of the country. This is why they've well, become the superpower that they are. The American people aren't the superpower. The government is. Right, but... You know, you're dead on when you say, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats hate Trump because he's upsetting the apple cart. And, Absolutely. you know, they they fear for their uh, income, you know. Absolutely. It's a system where if we don't wake up to it, uh, you're going to have a problem. In the meantime, when you're trapped in a Democrat hellhole, it's a lot worse. Thank you for the phone call, Dave. Here he is. The cream puff man. What do you want to? What, what do you want to reflect on today, there, Chubby? The Manhattan Project. Oh, you know, since you're, you're trying to keep a secret, you had two <laughs> physicists. You, you had two physicists in there. One was a German who was a diagnosed communist. Then you had a guy from Harvard who was an American who was a diagnosed communist. Somebody rented Oppenheimer over the weekend. Go ahead. Anyway, but what's interesting is. You know, they try to keep it a secret, but I don't think anybody can keep a secret. How does Pakistan get the bomb? How does India get the bomb? I mean... Is it Operation thing, Paperclip, where the Nazis put over there, too? Well, the Nazis... Well, the Nazis were... They, were, they weren't near the bomb, believe it or not, by Ripley. They were more rocket crazy. They weren't around bomb down with the rockets, but they... Yeah. I mean, if Hitler had, if Hitler had the bomb, <laughs> he knew if Hitler had the bomb, nobody was going to stop Hitler. You know, I'll tell you what, would you, be... rather, would you rather live in Hiroshima today or the south side of Chicago? Boy, is that a jump ball? It is a jump that, ball. That, yeah. Did you take a look at Hiroshima on the news today? I think you'd, you'd buy a ticket, a one-way ticket. You'd sell your little condo there if you could get out from under it or through the door. Thank you very much, Crane Puff. And see, you too can rent Oppenheimer. I went, I, something tells me he got the senior discount, probably the municipality discount. They might have paid him to watch it. 312-642-5600. I'll take all of your calls when I get back. The fingers you have used to dial are too fat. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Body's on, the feeling's here, that only comes the time of year. I'll tell you, a problem that has to be addressed, as the city of Chicago is paying for 
265 apartments every week for illegal aliens. I think this is the biggest story today. Now, the United States is facing a crisis like never before, and this has to do with homelessness, as housing in the United States has become increasingly unaffordable in the last few years. The number of people who are experiencing homelessness has now surged to its highest levels on record this year. I had to get it uh, in foreign. There's only one other station that covers it, and surprisingly it was WGM. But they divert it and blame Trump. Matt, Mount Greenwood. Hey, good evening, Sean. Yeah, I just want to add a little flavor to what you were talking about earlier. One of my neighbors, uh, former neighbors, he's got a family uh, relative that worked for, just retired from one of the largest departments in the city of Chicago. But before this gentleman retired, he called in his favors. They knocked down a house. They built a beautiful house. And I saw these contractors that do a lot of work for the city of Chicago, uh, digging the foundation, <laughs> pipe, or concrete. Was it the how you doing, how you LLC, doing? construction? Yeah. By the way, yeah, Matt, you remind me. Over $100,000, Sean. Over $100,000 in kickback favors. Once he finished the house, he retired, and that was that, man. Well, Matt, I'll tell you what. Uh, the good news is Ed Burke hasn't been found innocent today, at least not yet, but we will keep you posted if that changes. And that's the city that likes the corruption, Matt. That's the shame of it, right? You normalize it. You know this when you were a kid. Everybody who dried your car off knew who the mafia was. It wasn't mafias and guys talking about the, the spread of Monday night football. The mafia is the aldermen, the, 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 the senators, the state senators. I mean, it's a joke, man. And they get away with it. Disgusting. They're 80 years old. For 50 years, Mike Madigan was the Don Cheech. It's a joke. Greg and Lake Geneva. Hey, Sean. How you doing, bud? Uh, I, I was able to understand a little bit of cream puff Jim through the slobber. And he, was talk- he said that the Germans weren't interested in a nuclear bomb. That's the outer poppycock. Yes. It was a German physicist named Heisenberg who came up with the idea of using nuclear as a bomb. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, he miscalculated how much was ne- how much fuel was necessary to make a bomb. Yes. Now and after, uh, so they never actually tried to put one together yet. But well, the other fortunate the- for us is that your relatives and mine invaded Normandy and kicked the dung out of the Nazis, or we'd all be speaking German. The difference is we'd probably be bit better dressed. Thank you very much, Greg. As the Soviets or the the Nazis took over the Democrat mafia in Chicago, Kevin Austin, Texas. Sean, I just want to recommend you for doing a fantastic job talking about politics a week before Christmas. It takes a real professional to do that because what the what other people are doing right now, there are Christmas parties having a lot of fun. Oh, get the hell the out of here. Is, no, no, but the thing is the Democrats, when they're having their ward organization parties, they're planning and figuring out how they're going to screw every all of your listeners. That's yes. why I want to encourage your listeners to go out and get involved. With yeah. You use the wrong word, though. Take over the Republican Party. I prefer the word conniving. That's what they do at those parties. And then uh, they go upstairs, hopefully not the same way the Democrat senators party. That's just disgusting. Jeff and Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean, did you hear about U.S. Steel today? What happened to U.S. Steel? Bigger than U.S. Steel? Let's put it this way. Nippon Steel of Japan bought U.S. Steel. Isn't that the cherry on the sundae? Isn't that awesome? Sean, let me ask you this question. Why didn't every bottom-feeding union that's in U.S. Steel, in all their plants, 
pony up the money because a union never created a company, but they destroyed tons of them. First of all, the union, those guys can figure out the math. They can't employ the union and stay in business. They're hoping the Japanese keep printing up that yen. Thank you very much, Jeff. There you go. Another. Thank you very much, Jeff. There you go. Another killer of manufacturing. All right. Listen, I will take the rest of your calls. 312-642-5600. When I get back. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer.